Hi, fellow food lovers, foodies, or just people who love a good and wholesome podcast. This week on the Living for Food pod, I didn't just talk to one, but I talked to two people in the food business. Well, that's because they're actually married and have a bakery in Brooklyn. Ashley and Gautier started a small business baking bread out of their apartment during the pandemic and have since then turned it into a full-fledged, and may I add, successful bakery. We talked a lot about bread, we talked a lot about croissants, and we talked a lot about wine. So please join me in welcoming Ashley and Gautier. Okay, so welcome to the Living for Food pod. I'm like leaning back really far because the sun is like right in my face. So I'm trying to lean back really far. Um, So how are you guys? So great to meet you over the camera. So you guys were just in France, right? Yeah, we were in Bordeaux visiting. um... Oh, Bordeaux. Okay, okay. Yeah, really nice. Okay, where in France do you normally go? Like, I've, I've only been to Paris and then Nice. So where are you guys? Originally? I mean, we, we always go to Paris first, because that's where we land. Mm-hmm. Uh, and always try to spend a few days. Uh, but I'm from the Alps, so we go uh, in my hometown. Mm-hmm. And, and the south, too, we like going to the south. Yeah, we, we actually got married a year ago in the south of France. Oh, that so sounds... We can go all over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a dream. Is there anywhere that's underrated that you think people should go that's really pretty? Well, it's not that it's underrated, but I love Antibes. So it's in the south, but it's like a little small village. I feel like when people go to the south of France, they kind of hit up like Saint-Tropez, Nice. Mm-hmm. But I really love Antibes. What about you? Well, I'm saying my home, like Grenoble, the Alps. Well, people don't really go there. Well, I don't think that's overrated. I think no <laughs> one's talking about it. <laughs> and that's maybe, but I don't think it's like overhyped. <laughs> totally fair. So tell me what else you've been doing this summer. What does it look like? Do you find that your bakery gets more busy in the warmer months? Is it always busy? What's the day to day? I mean, it's, it's been very busy since day one. Uh, we definitely feel deep in January after the holidays and a little deep as well during the summer, but, uh, we thought it was going to be slower and it kept busy still this past month. So that's good. So now that we're talking about your bakery, I'll get into your origin story a bit. You first started the bakery through your New York apartment as a side hustle. How did that come about? So basically, Gauthier was baking just for fun for himself, and I thought it was really good, and I was really proud. So right away, I was telling him that we should start selling it to people, Mm -hmm. even in the very early stages when it definitely was not probably ready to be sold. But he practiced for a few months, and then in June of 2020, we felt like he was finally ready to actually sell. I didn't really expect anyone to buy it, but we put up a menu and I took a few pictures and posted it on Instagram and Facebook. And people started ordering right away. And 
Yeah, and it just took off immediately. Are you a baker as well, or are you doing more of the business side? Yeah, I was never a baker, not even really for fun, but I helped him when he first started because I was taking in too many orders and it wasn't physically possible for him to bake by himself. So, And now that we have real bakers that know what they're doing, I don't touch. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they want me to touch that either because baking is... <laughs> Very precise, and I don't have the patience for it, which I feel like is the case. (laughs) Did you think that when you started the bakery, like, that it would have done this well? Do you think it would have been this successful? Neither of us at any point thought that it was going to do this well. Nobody thought that it was going to do this well, including our family or friends or it really came as a surprise, especially because everything was new to us. Gautier just started baking. Uh, It really Mm -hmm. was just a little project for himself. And it's not something that we talked about for years and years. We kind of just spur of the moment decided, oh, it's it's really good. We should start selling it. So when we started getting success, it definitely was a big shock to everyone. Gautier, how long have you been baking your whole life? Uh, I mean, I've been liking to cook and bake for myself, but I never really did it uh, intensely. I guess a little bit here and there. Uh, just at the end of 2019, I wanted to to, to do a little mm-hmm. challenge for myself. So I started doing bread, but no, I was not really baking before that. Okay. Is there anyone that's inspired you? Maybe a French pastry chef? I've talked to a few, so I'm wondering if there's anyone <laughs> that sparks your interest. Um, not necessarily. When people ask me who is the like, most famous baker you know or you like you admire, I don't really know um, who is who. Yeah, not really. I mean, I, I remember mm-hmm. baking with my grandmother when I was a kid, so that's, I guess, yeah. so it started. But I don't have anyone really I can think of right now. I mean, I feel like there wasn't really anybody who inspired you in the beginning. But now, because of the bakery, we've met so many inspiring for sure, yeah. pastry chefs and bakers and business owners and people in the restaurant industry now. Like That welcomed us and like shared. Like, we were just in Paris, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, we were just in Paris uh, this, this Sunday and we met... Uh, Apollonia Poilan, uh, who is the, okay. the owner of Poilan Bakery. Uh, Which is like an institution yeah. in Paris. They've been open since oh, wow. 1932, and they supply like 1,500 uh, restaurants and businesses with their bread. I mean, it's incredible, and it's family-owned. So we got to meet them, which was really exciting. And, you know, she showed us their oven, and it was really incredible. But so I think – now throughout the process we've been learning and and meeting all these really cool people but in the beginning i think it was just uh him wanting croissants and bread just for himself yeah yeah yeah, that's fair when i went to paris i was only there um briefly but i didn't really know all the spots because i just went to kind of the touristy spots and like wherever there was a line was but i need to find the hole in the wall bakeries yeah i think we've done both we've done both like I'll I'll beg to go to the touristy spots just because I feel like you I'm a tourist and I'd like to see them and then he 
will yeah. just walk around and he finds a bakery on the trip that he, he likes that's close to us and he'll go to that little spot that like doesn't have a line and Speaking of um, interesting people, I was going through your guys' Instagram and I saw Paul Rudd was there. Yeah. <laughs> I love Paul Rudd. And me too. I'm such a fan of him. Um, him and his wife and their kids, they moved to the uh, neighborhood semi-recently. And he just came to the bakery one day with one of his friends and Gautier got a picture with him and I was so jealous. And then I eventually got the chance to meet him and and they're just like the nicest, most down to earth people. And they also, they own a small candy shop upstate. So I did. <laughs> so I posted the picture of Gautier and Paul and wrote like two small business owners, which people really like. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. The reason I knew that is because I listened to Dak Shepard's podcast a lot, Armchair Expert, and he cute. was on it. Yeah. And he was on it like so long ago. That's when I like first discovered it. We have to listen to that episode. Yeah, I don't think we listened to that one. Yeah. Oh, listen to it. Yeah, because they talk about the candy shop. And then I'm also a One Tree Hill fan. So oh. I listened to the Dramas Queen podcast. Yep. And it was funny because she mentioned that she also has a storefront where Paul Rudd is, Hillary Burton, yes. you know, Peyton. Yeah, so she also own something in that area. And I was like, oh my gosh, it must be a little area where they all just like hang out. I it's think, really cute. I think they own it together. I think they both oh. own the, co- the the candy shop. So, so what's really funny is when we met Paul and his wife, me and his wife were talking about the actor. I think it's Jeffrey Dean Morgan is his yeah. husband. And I'm a big fan of him because of Grey's Anatomy. So we were like, getting excited and she was like yeah now you know now that we work together but she you know she was a fan of him too so it was funny because we were just chit-chatting and Gautier and Paul were like well there's the ladies just like talking about (laughs) together (laughs) so you were talking to Hillary no I was talking to Paul Rudd's wife about Hillary's husband yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah got it got it yeah, I interviewed him briefly. It was like for five minutes. It was very last minute. Oh, wow. um, I got an email at 5 p.m. on a Wednesday. And they were like, we have Paul for five minutes in like an hour if you're free. So I was like, okay, obviously I'm going to say yes yeah. to that. And <laughs> so I don't really watch. It was for Ant-Man. I don't really know a lot about that. So I was trying to learn about Ant-Man in probably four seconds. Like I was calling everyone that watches Marvel movies and I was just like freaking out and trying to figure it out. And then I barely even asked him about Ant-Man. We just like, he was partnering with Heineken. So I was just asking him about like beer. Yeah. Lasted like five minutes. Yeah, they're a very cool family. <laughs> they're very easy to talk to, and and honestly, like you, you forget that he's this larger than life person because he's just they're just so down to earth and just so sweet. Yeah, I, I totally believe that. So let's go back to talking about your storefront. Did you find there was difficulty transitioning? From an online store to an actual store? It was so difficult. <laughs> it was it was the hardest thing we've ever done in our lives. Um, it really tested our patience every single day. But 
it's a completely different business model to go from baking you know, a few croissants and some loaves every day in your little apartment, just the two of us to, to expanding and, and, you know, having customers that didn't pre-order, like it was just open to the public. So people who've never heard of us were just coming in off the street. So it was just like a totally different business. And it took a, a lot of learning and mistakes and perseverance to, to what it is today, but it was, I mean, you know more than me, you were oh, yeah. in the kitchen. Going from me to like teach 10 different bakers in one day, I mean, it's, it was a lot. Oh. Wow, yeah, that's a lot. Do you find that you have a lot of loyal customers coming back or do you have a lot of new faces? Yeah, well? we have a lot of loyal customers. Um, that's something that we've always had since the beginning. I noticed that when we were selling in our apartment, we would get a new customer and then our old customer would also order. And that's how the orders just kept growing. We had a lot of retention. Okay. Um, and it's the same way we have so many locals and so many people that come every single day that my staff is super close to them. So I'll come in and they're like, oh yeah, that's just Billy. You know, he's in this apartment that, you know, and they tell me all about him. And I'm like, how do you know so much about these people? But we have such loyal customers that, it's like one big family. Yeah, no, that's what makes it special. I love going into a place and they know who I am. I feel so cool. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you should come to the bakery because my staff is so good at uh, really chatting up the customers. I'm going to come. I know. I, I'm from Connecticut, so I was going to the city a lot, but I just moved to L.A. But I'll be back during Thanksgiving. Oh, perfect. So You got to come. I'll let you know when I come. <laughs> What's your top seller? Do you know? Um, it's the raspberry croissant. It's a raspberry almond croissant. Oh, yeah. How long does that take to make? Well, so it's it's double bake. It's a croissant that first is a regular croissant, and then we um, we fill it with uh, almond paste and uh, raspberry chocolate, and uh, we put it back in the oven, and then it's a bit more crunchy, and yeah, it's 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 like tart. Yeah, it's sweet and like a little tart, which yeah. people really like. Okay. Do you find that people like that more in the summer months? Or is it kind of all, all year, year round? Yeah. I think people really love pretty foods too. And it has like this um, raspberry dusting on it. So it's like pink and cute. And I think people buy it because of the way it looks. And then they actually like the way it tastes. So I would say people are eating that all year round. For sure. Yeah. It's all about the aesthetic. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> what would you say is the most difficult part of owning a bakery? Do you find it challenging to keep up with the quality or the demand? Um, everything. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I think at first it was keeping up with the demand. And then we were baking more, but then we realized the quality wasn't what we wanted it to be. So then we realized, like, you, yeah, you can bake more, but if it's not good. good or up to our standards, then it's just not worth it. So then we really focused on quality. And now we're at a point where we're baking enough and we're happy with the quality. I think people don't realize, and I didn't realize this until we became business owners of a bakery, but it's super hard to keep up quality because 
there's so many different things that affect baking, like the humidity in the air or uh, yeah, the time you stall. The and- time you, I mean, literally, if you do anything by a minute off, like everything is totally different. So, and you know, sometimes people make mistakes, and if they don't add the salt at the certain time, and I don't know. So, so it's been um, a very difficult journey of trying to keep up quality because you could have it perfected, and then the next day the croissants don't look the same, and it's you know every day it's a struggle, yeah. but uh, you know worth yeah. it. Yeah, it definitely was worth it, and that's why a lot of bakers don't end up like. Say, for example, Buddy Velasco, he ends up being so huge and then he delivers and and things like that. But sometimes you can lose the quality within that, too. So I've talked to a lot of bakers who just keep the storefront and don't try to expand at all because the quality, it's hard to kind of make sure that it's up to your Definitely. Yeah. You don't want to do a disservice just to make more money. So like a lot of people ask us to ship and unless we could ever figure out a way, like it's just one of those things where it's like, if you're ever in New York, you got to come try it. If not, just, you know, support your local bakery because these things don't really ship well. And Yeah, I totally agree. So I want to get into social media trends because I'm curious with trends constantly flooding the food industry, especially in New York. There's so many bloggers and content creators and et cetera. Do you find yourself changing the menu or coming up with new recipes or are you kind of true to what you um, know? We definitely stay true to how we feel um, and what we know. There's certain mm-hmm. trends that are – well, like we we started something called croissant cereal, which was – there was a trend on TikTok mm-hmm. that I saw a long time ago that they were baking really small like pancakes and like everything was just mini. So I – told Gote we should make croissant cereal. I thought it'd be fun, not realizing how hard it is. I think that's the Mm -hmm. most trendy thing that we do. But I think if you start to follow trends, then it's, it's, I mean, it's never ending and I don't know. Yeah. Our menu is very similar to the way it was in June 2020. We, We added a few stuff, but the same items, croissant, cookie, and baguette. Sometimes we, we'll add seasonal items for holidays and stuff like that, but we don't really, I don't really know the trends. You know the trends <laughs> I'm, I'm more on social media, so I know the trends more than Gautier does, for sure. <laughs> That's fair. I'm, I know trends. Trends. He's a He's a purist. The croissant cereal took a long time for me to get him to do. He definitely doesn't like to follow a trend. <laughs> Were you selling that or you just posted about it? It became um, an item for our our Kickstarter for people to buy so we could raise money to open the bakery. And we thought we would sell like 10 boxes and then be done with it. And then it went totally viral. And now it's on our menu and people buy boxes. They come every morning and wait online for it. That's so fun. Is it harder to make a mini croissant? Yeah, because this yeah. is it's the dough that we use for a croissant, but then uh, we make it very thin, um, and we okay. do mini triangles like this to roll into mini croissant. Uh, and it's very hard to to keep the the temperature very like cool because when it's very thin, it gets warm very quickly. So it's it's a lot of 
labor to, to, to do this mini cereal. And then when you roll the mini croissants, they look perfect and you put them in the oven and then they come out and sometimes they're all misshapen. So even if it tastes good, you know, it's not the cute little mini croissant that people are expecting. So then those are uh, discarded, but our staff just eats them. But yeah, it's yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, no, yeah, they don't go to waste, but it's definitely um, a labor of love to make those croissant cereals. Do they get stale fast? No, because we dehydrate them, so we take out the moisture and they last. We say three up weeks? to three weeks. I think it's more, but to be safe, in three weeks in the bag. Oh wow! Okay, I'm gonna tell my family to go grab that because <laughs> they're still in Connecticut. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now that we're on the subject of trends, I want to get your opinion on the girl dinner trend. And for those at home, it's basically no cooking required snacks to replace a meal. The trend often involves bread or something of the store, maybe even mini croissants. But what are your suggestions on how to elevate the trend? Yeah. So I love girl dinner. Um I, when I saw that that was trending, I realized that I've never had like a unique experience. Like <laughs> I realized that everyone, <laughs> no, yeah, everyone <laughs> loves girl dinner. Um, so, and Gautier does too. You love, I don't think he knows what girl dinner is, but often we'll just be eating like <laughs> a baguette. It's a dinner with girls. <laughs> no, no, it's it's like you instead of like cooking a whole meal, you just whip up something with ingredients that are really quick, like mm. olives or popcorn. Or so we a lot of times, especially when we started the bakery, we would be so exhausted, so we would eat baguettes with just cheese and like a piece of ham, and then we would drink wine <laughs> because. We love sure. wine. Uh, actually, what's really cool is um, one of the wines that we would drink during the pandemic uh, is a brand called Louis Jadot, and we got to work with them recently. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of fun that the bakery kind of lends us to these cool collaborations that we've, you know, we hear these brands, we use them, and then they reach out to us because they've heard of us too. So, um, but yeah, so we'll just drink a little wine, eat a little bread, cheese, and call it a, a dinner. That's that's what girl dinner is. <laughs> <laughs> He's not big on TikTok, but... Um, Honestly, it's better for your mental health. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but also, I mean, sometimes he goes on social media and then I see like what his For You page looks like and it's just bad memes. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's different. My girl dinner is noodles and butter. When we were in uh, Mallorca last week, right, we saw a young girl at the pool eating buttered noodles. And I was like, that's so good. I haven't had just plain buttered noodles in so long. They're so good. Sometimes you just need to have it. I was an ingredient household, so we would eat nachos or something so easy. Um, I mean, obviously we cooked meals too. My parents are going to get mad when they listen to this and say they, they cooked meals. Of course. But when you're left to your own devices, there was no snack. I'm completely the same way. My mom, she didn't really buy like processed foods or like, yeah, like sn snacks. So a snack mm -hmm. would be like, I'd take a tortilla and I'd like roll up cheese in it. Like I'd make my own okay. snacks. Yeah. Chocolate chips too. Yep. Those were 
So big. I literally still do that. I'll never get rid of that tree. That's basically what girl dinner is, except now I drink wine with that. So <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, that makes sense. What's your go-to? Do you guys like red or white or both? Mostly red, I think. Beaujolais. Red. Yeah. Here is best with a bakery item, like a croissant. Um, I think it depends on the croissant, but I usually like rosé. Ooh, that's a good one. Well, I feel like you, yeah, you, you drink the, you drink red wine with a lot of the, the yeah. bread because we usually are eating like ham and cheese bread with and cheese it and. Love that. Okay. So before I get into cooking tips, I kind of want to hear a little bit more about you guys. How did you guys meet? At a bar <laughs> in the Upper East Side. Um, yeah, it was in 2016. I was with a friend. Uh, she convinced me to go out that night. I was kind of tired. And so we went to this bar called the Penrose. And that's where I met Gautier. And usually we had a rule, like, you know, we would never leave each other at a bar, especially with a guy. Mm-hmm. But I was talking to Gautier and I really liked him and I didn't want to leave with her, even though I was the one who was tired. So she was like, okay, I'm, you're, you look fine and, uh, you know, I'll meet you at home. And mm-hmm. uh, so I hung out with Gautier and we talked until the bar closed. And then I went home and I was like, oh, I hope he texts me. I really like him. And then three days later, uh, he texted me. Sorry, <laughs> our dog. No, I love a little puppy cameo. <laughs> he's so, um, what's the word, clingy that he's been trying to come up this whole time, but sorry. No, leave him on screen. I miss my puppy, so this will <laughs> this will be good. Is that a poodle? He's a mini golden doodle. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That is my favorite. He's so I cute. I love poodles. How old is he? He's... Three and a half? Yes. No, it's three, right? He's as old as the bakery. So we started baking oh. in June, and he was born June 9th of 2020. So however long the bakery is, like, that's kind of how I, I look at Chip, and I can tell how long we've been doing the bakery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good sign. Yeah. That's very well. Yeah. No, so cute. I've actually always wanted a mini golden doodle, but I live in a studio right now, so I don't think that's fair to the golden doodle. Yeah, we we had us in La Part de Montfort, the original apartment we were baking in uh, was super tiny, um, but now we have a little bit of a bigger apartment, so he can like run around. But I feel like city dogs. I mean, I'm not sure if where you are is very like city, but there's just so much to do outside that he has a blast when he's not in the apartment. Yeah. Yeah, my, the area I'm in is pretty walkable, so there are tons of dogs, and I will dog sit them at any time. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's get back to your meeting story. How long ago did you guys meet in the bar? How long have you been together? Um, so that was... 2016, so seven years, right? Yeah, yeah it's been years. seven years. Oh, that's so cute. Well, congratulations yeah. on everything you guys are doing. It's, it's really amazing that you took the leap and it's doing really well so yeah thank you you're welcome all right let's get into some cooking tips and tricks so 
what takes a croissant from good to great? What's the key ingredient or tip or anything you could add? Well, it's butter. Butter is, <laughs> is very important. Um, we use French butter because um, in Europe, what we call European butter here, there is a higher fat content. And that's uh, without getting too technical as what makes the croissant easy to laminate and um, rise nicely. So for sure, croissant. And then the other thing is um, temperature um, mm. because the butter is going to melt if it's too hot. So you want to make sure it's always cool uh, in the room. So it's, mm-hmm. it's so scientific. Like a lot of people think baking is so romantic, but really it's it's like a science. Like you have to stick to facts, I feel like, when yeah. it comes to baking. Yeah, I actually, a pastry chef just said that to me recently because he he's on Food Network, a Halloween baking championship and those kind of shows, but he studied in France for a while and he was like, I enjoyed learning the science behind it and that's kind of why he became successful with it um because understanding how all the not chemicals it's not the right word but you know what i mean the ingredients yeah chemistry you know, <laughs> um behind it can really take it from good to great so i had a bread phase a while back though <laughs> i feel like so many people did <laughs> i did i was like that day I'd make a loaf of bread. It was Aww. an interesting <laughs> Do you guys, you guys do a lot of sourdoughs, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much I mean, all we do, right? We, we just have yeah. two different kind of bread, really. It's a baguette and a boule, and they are like a loaf, and they are both uh, sourdough. Mm-hmm. So again, it's a lot of time to rest um, before we can put it in the oven. But um, yeah, it really makes a difference between commercial yeast and uh, sourdough. Right. Right. What's your opinion on like other sourdough desserts, like chocolate chip cookies, cinnamon rolls? I've seen that a lot as well online. So Gautier thinks that chocolate chip cookies or cookies in general are very American, which he's totally right. Really? Yes. Yeah, I guess it's true. It's very American. I love a chocolate chip cookie. So he put the tahini chocolate chip cookie on our original menu and he said Americans love cookies so we have to have at least one so we only have one cookie and it's that one and he's right Americans really do love it but it's not very it's not very French of us to have it but I never try sourdough Uh, I know I've seen it Um, sourdough pancake we try one at uh, that place Uh, oh sourdough pancakes oh yeah it was really good I wish we could do that at the bakery that would be amazing and I'm oh. trying to convince him to let the staff come up with a cinnamon roll. Um, again, it's not very French, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like cinnamon in general is not very a French ingredient, but yeah. I like it. I don't think so, but I will come by for some cinnamon rolls yes. if you do it. Yeah. <laughs> you can open a different shop. Oh, he said maybe I can open a different shop. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we'll get them on the menu anytime soon, but... <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, I guess chocolate chip cookies, when I think of them, I think of like Nestle Toll House. So I guess that is very American. Yeah, he's already (laughs) compromised on that. So I don't know if he'll bend too much, but. What's the tahini chocolate chip cookie? Well, it's a a chocolate chip that we add some tahini in it. Um, Then it like creates a kind of nutty flavor. Um, A lot of people think there is like nuts in it, but no, it's just the sesame from tahini. 
and it makes it like soft okay. kind of. Yeah, it's kind of a soft, uh, chewy cookie. Uh, we try to just underbake it, I guess. So it, it gets like a bit uh, soft. But yeah, it's really yeah. and we add sea salt on top. So it's it's salty and a little bit savory, if you could say yeah. that. Yeah. It's, it's So tahini is not spicy? No. No, no, no. It's, it? it's sesame paste with olive oil, really, the tahini. Oh. Yeah. It's used a lot in um, uh, Mediterranean kitchen. Uh, so often it comes with spice, but the tahini itself is just it's just creamy and nutty. Yeah. Do you taste test everything at home, or do you do it at the bakery, or kind of both? Um, so <laughs> originally we were taste testing everything, and then we had to stop because it was too much. But now, whenever we go to the bakery and we're hungry, we we taste and eat and every time I'm like, wow, this is so good. I'm so happy we're selling this. <laughs> and if something looks off, we'll also taste it just to make sure. Um, because if it if it looks funny, but it tastes really good, then we'll just sell it for less. Um, but if it okay. looks funny and doesn't taste good, then obviously we do not sell it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that makes sense. I think that would be a dangerous game for yeah. me. <laughs> Um, an ice cream shop, anything related to desserts would be a dangerous game. Yeah, definitely. Well, maybe yo-yo yeah. in terms of like yeah, yeah. eating a lot and trying to not. and Yeah, trying to uh, keep a healthy balance of enjoying it's, our own supply. But sometimes... It's hard to go in the bakery and not touch anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you were just in France, so you had to splurge a little oh, bit. Totally, oh, yeah, totally. Vacation doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, vacation calories don't ever no, count. No, never, never. We definitely like to indulge, and obviously everything in moderation, but there was one point in the pandemic where we were not eating in moderation. Like, he would literally make a whole, like, a boule, which is, like, a big loaf of bread, and we would just eat that right there, like, as a whole snack. And then now we're like, okay, we we can – it's not going anywhere, so we can enjoy it in moderation. <laughs> Yeah, moderation is key, but I also love bread, so... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, when I studied abroad was actually the time when the baguette meal was my thing, and we would just grab that, and then it wouldn't even make it to our apartment. We would eat it on the way. It's a way to do it. So let's talk about what's next for you. Do you have any upcoming projects you'd like to share or anything else going on? Um, I mean, right now we, we're focusing on uh, opening a wine bar mm -hmm. in our space. Um, oh, okay. So trying to get more savory items. Uh, so that's what we're working on. And um, I mean, we, with our bakers, we're always trying to come up with like fun seasonal uh, items. I know fall is coming. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of pumpkin, but hope you have something <laughs> flavored like that. Uh, gearing up for Thanksgiving, so it's there's always like a new holiday coming up, and yeah, we're walking towards that. Yeah. So you said a wine bar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So oh. so just going back to how we started La Parte Montfort with our love of uh, hosting. Um, we used to pair wine and bread 
uh, when we would have parties and we noticed that people really loved the bread. Obviously, they love the wine. Um, so now we want to bring our love of hosting to to Brooklyn Heights. So I'm really excited. When do you think that's going to happen? The next few weeks, I think. Yeah, I think we're we're gearing up. Uh, we're gearing up to to open that. So we've just been drinking lots of wine and eating lots of uh, delicious food pairings. But um, it's been really fun to to see like what works really well. And so that's right within the bakery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have an, a mezzanine upstairs, okay. so it's sit, sit down and people can, during the day, they just eat croissant and coffee, but at night there's going to be service. And... Oh, nice. Okay. So did you have to like build anything? Was this a long time in the works or you kind of already had that area and you wanted to turn it into something? So we already had that area. And when we were first opening the bakery, even our customers were asking us um, to open a spot where they could get a drink. They were like, you should just get your wine and uh, beer license. And so for us, like I said, we loved hosting. We love, we love, you know, having people over and literally whining and dining them. So mm -hmm. it felt like a no brainer to us to invite people into our space and, you know, have this experience from the top to the bottom. So yeah, that's so exciting. Well, I'm excited for you guys. That'll be really fun. And it's it's really great to see that you're doing well. Thank you. I have a little fun question for you because I like to ask this to bakers and in interviews and stuff just to see kind of what their thing is. I know um, one of you might not like trends, but this is trend oriented. <laughs> Uh, what do you guys think the baking trend of 2023 is? Do you have any ideas? Okay, that we do actually have an answer for okay. because a people have asked us to, and you've seen it online. Is yeah. so people gravitated towards the mini croissants, and now I see even in Paris, mm -hmm. people are baking these huge croissants, like larger than life. Um, so I think that. <laughs> They're overcorrecting from the mini, and I've been seeing like huge croissants everywhere. So I think people are baking things bigger and bigger these days. I have seen those giant croissants. One of the influencers I just interviewed went to Dubai, oh, wow. and it was like seven croissants in one. And I said, What do you do with that? Did you eat that? What are you doing? And he was like, Well, I split it up and I gave it to the rest of the restaurant. But it seems like a lot of work yeah. to go from mini. I'm sure that huge. also is like super yeah. hard to do. Uh, we've made like very large baguettes, which are really fun, but um, we haven't made a large croissant yet. Gotta do a Guinness World Record if they even <laughs> yeah. have one for a biggest baguette. I don't know. <laughs> they do. I'm sure they do. <laughs> All right. So my last and final question for you is, if there is one baking, cooking, or kitchen appliance or utensil that you think everyone should splurge on, what would it be and why? I have my answer. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Um, uh, <laughs> so we have this um, toaster that's um, from the brand Balmuda. And mm -hmm. they have this option uh, that you could like pour a little bit of water into the toaster and you can like click there's like a bread, a croissant, a pizza setting, and it makes mm -hmm. your toast 
like toasty on the outside, but how would you describe it? Yeah, still fresh inside. Still very fresh on the inside, and that's my – I use that. I love that. Usually all my toasters before that would like burn it to a crisp, but this one like keeps the integrity and makes it perfect. But Ooh. I think it's like $300, so I know it's it's a very expensive toaster. I said splurge. Yeah, you did say splurge, so <laughs> but that's probably my favorite thing that we have. Okay. Yeah, I know burnt toast everyone loves. I hate burnt things. Yes, yeah, me too. I <laughs> never get on the I hate burnt marshmallows. Like I hate when people burn things, but so you would like this toaster then because it does toast it, but it keeps it moist. Yeah. You? Do you have anything? Okay. Um, no, it's going to be less. I, I think something I use all the time in the bakery is a bench scrapper just to like very easy to grab everything, cut, uh, shake a, the bread. a boring baker response. Yeah. But. <laughs> no, but it's a classic. I haven't gotten that answer yet, so <laughs> it's new to me. <laughs> How much is it? Like $5. Five dollar. So we have the plastic one. And, huh? <laughs> That's okay. I normally get like KitchenAid or HexClad because every chef on the planet partners with HexClad. Um, but you guys gave some good answers. So <laughs> <laughs> you're all good. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is super fun. Your mini golden doodle can come on screen anytime, too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I'm excited to see the wine bar and everything you guys have going on. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, out. thank you for thank having you. us. This is a, such a nice little chat. Of course. So you can follow. I want to make sure I pronounce actually the bakery correctly. <laughs> La Appartement. Is that correct? Yeah. No. <laughs> it's L'Appartement. L'Appartement 4F. I, I'll right, say it. So you could hear what it sounds like when an American says it. La Portemont okay. 4F. La Portemont 4F. Yeah. Is yes. that it? Close, Close enough. enough. Okay. I don't think I even say it correctly, so don't no, worry about don't. it. It's perfect. Okay. Now I'm ready for the outro. <laughs> <laughs> Follow La Portemont 4F on Instagram at La Portemont 4F or check out their website to keep up with Ashley and Gutierrez Bakery. Yes. Is that good? Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I'll redo it as many times as <laughs> you want. Funny, it's, <laughs> it's perfect. Thank you so much. Hey, fellow foodies. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave me a review. And while you're at it, make sure to follow me at Living for Food Pod on Instagram or TikTok or email me at livingforfoodpod at gmail.com. Let me know what you're cooking up this week, which guests you would like to see on the podcast, or tell me your opinions on the latest viral food trend. Until next time, 